Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a Hello and welcome to the Dork Forest. It's Jackie Cation. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. I'm with AllThingsComedy.com. That's the podcast umbrella company that I'm with. And my new special is a $5 download over there at AllThingsComedy.com slash Jackie Cation. That's uh, my new special. This will make an excellent horcrux. On my website, you can buy a hard copy of that, a DVD or the CD, either one. If you want to see it, you want to listen to it. There's my old CDs. There's all the Dork Forest t-shirts that you might ever want in your life, all there on JackieCation.com. And there's a donation button. And if you want to donate, that would be great. 100 bucks a year is what I'm looking for them for people. You can do uh, $8.33 a month. Though someone mentioned that in November and December I tell people not to donate and to go to a food bank. Uh, so you should, I guess, do $10 a month. That's easier. I haven't made any of it easy. You'd have to remember. But if you're enjoying the show and you want to donate, please do. It is August. I'm going to be all over the place. Go, go to my website and check out the calendar because I'm in Chicago. I'm in Portland. I'm in Billings. I'm in any number of places. St. Louis and then Chicago again and then Portland again. And then Seattle, because I'm opening for Brian Regan. I'm opening for Maria Bamford. I'm also doing my own shows, my own headline sets. So check it out. I'm all over Los Angeles as well. Other than that, let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg just sang the song and composed it, the Dork Forest theme song. He'll sing the Mexican hat dance at the end. Uh, Patrick Brady will fix this audio, and he also does the teasers on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash the Dork Forest. There is a Ranger of the Dork Forest uh, Facebook group if you want to talk to other rangers. I'm on Twitter, at Jackie Cation. You can do the Amazon banner on JackieCation.com and order stuff through Amazon, and that would be exciting. Vilmos fixes that website, and he can do your website if you want him to. Other than that, my sister, uh, the ongoing ad from my sister, Darla Cation, who pronounces it differently, talking about RBC Dane Rauscher, where she works. Listen up, and then the show. Let's do this. At RBC Wealth Management, social responsibility starts at the top. As a part of the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC has been recognized among the world's financial, social, and environmental corporate leaders. Our sense of responsibility extends to our reputation for putting clients' interests first. My personal commitment is to help you achieve your financial goals by also considering sustainable and responsible investing strategies. To learn more, visit www.darlacashian.com. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Hey, Jackie Cation sitting in my own living room here with Mr. Ron Babcock of HeyRon.com. Stand-up comedy. Uh, <laughs> we've been friends for a long time. You're good people. Thank I'm, you. You're good people as well. Thanks. Thanks a lot. And we're going to – I love – you know when I send out the – the the thing. What's your dorkdom? You came up with some some doozies, man. I like it. Oh yeah, there. I you know it's funny when you sent that out, and you know your initials are JK. Oh right. Like after you're like, what's your dorkdom? And then right underneath it, JK. I was like, wait, what? Just Is kidding. Just kidding. And I'm like, oh no, Jackie Cation. Right. That's her. The weirdest thing about that whole JK thing, I realized JK stood for just kidding, ten years ago. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna be fifty. 
we're coming up here one day. Really? And sure. Wow. And aren't we all? Don't look at it. Well, no, no, I'm, it's all coming together. I have a cold, by the way, Rangers of the Dork Forest, and I'm being very, very brave, uh, by doing a podcast anyway. So you think about that. You think about how. I don't know where you pull your bravery from. It's, ad- it? it's admirable. Do you have a minor headache and kind of a scratchy throat? Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, did I you do. drink an extra glass of juice this morning? Did you want? Did you possibly go get some Korean soup? Yeah, you did. Anyway, I don't get sick. Best, so best reason I think when you have a cold is it's uh it's like now I get to have a bunch of like uh weird know, noodle soup. soups. Yeah, which yeah. I'm totally I can eat noodle soup all day every day. I love salt. I love salt. I love soup. I'm a pro broth person. Mm-hmm. I don't like a cream and broth. Let's dork out briefly about okay. soup. Yeah, sure. Welcome to the Dork Forest, where soup is being discussed. What's your you favorite kind of soup? You got opinions about soup? You got opinions You're about, about to. <laughs> uh, I love, um, well, I've been in a big ramen phase right now, because this place called Tatsua just opened up. One of those places where you order off of iPads when you walk in. Oh, but interesting. Man, Here in the Los Angeles area, Yeah, Tatsua? right at the corner of uh, Melrose and La Brea, right around the corner from Pink's Hot Dogs. I think there's one down Sherman Oaks. I think there is. It's a tiny chain. And it's really, really good. Like, yeah. I thought it was just going to be like, okay, it's one of these, like, kind of like if Apple opened up a ramen soup <laughs> store. But right. really good, no, really no. good ramen. Don't they, don't they do something like for three days, they, they, they reduce the pork broth? It, yeah. I, it's like something amazing. 72 just, hour pork reduction that's sauce. It. Yeah. That's it. And then they make their own nudes, they mm-hmm. make their own noodles. And, uh, yeah, I, like, I may have to actually go there after it's this. It's pretty tasty. It I, I like, uh, I like, Pho or pho or however you're... If they wanted us to pronounce it pho, I wish they would have pronounced, spelt it pho. Because yeah. now it's pho to me. It will always be pho. It's always one of those things where I feel like people... Vietnamese soup, by the way, if you don't yeah, know. Yeah, Vietnamese chicken noodle soup, basically. And people More beef you... tripe. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had to, okay. A lot of tendons in that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, a lot of zippers. But when you, I feel like it says a lot about you how you pronounce that. Like mm. if you say pho... Or foe, and always someone rolls their eyes. Like, you can't win. You cannot, you cannot win. It's not like Nicaragua. Yeah. Uh, back in the 80s, a lot of people were going, so I, I, I'm thinking about going to Nicaragua. Oh, really? And right that, after your stop in Hawaii? Right, right. I mean, that's posery. But mm-hmm. fuh sounds right just because that's how they would like us to pronounce it. And you're like, that's fine. I wish you had spelled it fuh. I mean, yeah, phonetically, it's foe. P-H-O. And it, P-H-O. it's like, don't make me feel bad. I'm, I'm eating a different culture's food. Like, I've already... don't I get some credit right. for that? Fear no food. I just want to try it. And then. That's all we're doing. Now I have to pronounce it correctly. It's just, there's so much stress. Cause then I feel like <laughs> I want, I'm like, okay, you want me to say pho? Fine, I'll say pho. But then people start yelling like, oh, it's like, Ooh, it becomes a guy. thing. You're like, don't make it a thing. Here's, yeah. now let's go, let's, let's go directly over to the beautiful world of Vietnamese sandwiches. Oh. Yeah. The bon me, the bon so me, good. spelled correctly, spelled mm-hmm. like you would say it. Yeah, am I me? I'm wasn't, there. Wasn't so hard, was it? B a h m was not hard. Was not hard for them to do correctly. <laughs> Just uh, that uh, sounded out. You ever but been to Vietnam? I have not. Oh, have you good. been? I've been there, and it is a uh, real good time. Good times in Vietnam. Good times. Ho Chi Minh Trail. Uh, I was yeah, Ho Chi Minh. I went to the uh, Ho Chi with the Hanoi Hilton or the the Hanoi the, the, Hilton or the it was the the hotel right in Ho Chi Minh, right in Saigon, where all were the, you doing stand up there? Or did you just no go look no at no? It? This was back in college when I uh, studied nice. abroad, and I went there. Um, what broad did you study? Uh, <laughs> Boom, name- here all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> Uh, nice. it was a, a, did a semester at sea, uh, oh. back in college. Oh, did you do the semester I at did. sea? I did. It's actually the first place I ever did stand up. 
I think I just heard of, didn't Christine Blackburn do it? Or really? There was somebody I know who did it. You were like, that was the first time I had heard of it. Tell the people. Tell the people oh, what it is. Well, uh, it was this, um. It sounds like the whitest thing in the world. Oh my god, it is. It's so white. Well, back in, uh, when I was growing up, I had a thing called the Saved by the Bell theory, which is if I did everything <laughs> that they did on Saved by the Bell, I would uh, be successful. So Saved by the Bell worked for a summer down at the beach. I worked for the summer down at the beach. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. There we go. And, uh, yeah, so it, basically there's so much that's so exciting Save in life when you grow up in Scranton. Literally anything outside of Scranton is exciting. <laughs> so I ended up, there's a, there's a thing where Kelly Kapowski goes on a, or she's going to go on a semester seat, but she backs out because of her love for Zach Morris, like okay. right at the end. Mm. And I remember as a kid, I was like, you know, a young kid watching that being like, Dumb move, babe. Like, like, <laughs> mm-mm, wrong. And I remember first day of college, they had like the study abroad fair and they had the map of all the places where all the University of Scranton students had studied. And in the middle of the ocean was semester at sea. And I was like, I want to do that. I remember she, Kelly Kapowski didn't do it. I'm going to do it. And you're uh, not going to make the make, same mistakes as by the same by the bell people. Yeah. You're going to make their right choices mm-hmm. and then you're going to make the right choices that they did not make. Yeah. And it, and it worked out pretty damn good. Look at you. Look at you. It was, uh, yeah, but it's a floating university goes around the world while you're at sea. You take classes and then you stop at different ports. I like to describe it as kind of like a travel buffet. Like you don't stay any place longer than a week. But, you know, you take a little bit of Japan, a little bit of Vietnam, you know, a little bit of Turkey, a little bit of Italy. And then it um, that is kind of gives you talk. a great little and So you're at sea for nine months? Uh, it was for a semester. So it was like probably – Okay, four months. I think it was like 100 days, the whole thing. Okay, three and a half months. <laughs> look at me doing math. I will continue. The 19 weeks. What's happening? No, so – a semester at sea, essentially. So you're mm-hmm. on like a cruise ship. Yeah. Like well, a, like it, a, it was how like how big a, was it? Well, the one I was on, which unfortunately is no more, it was actually this beautiful ship. Um, it was like a. It had been used to ferry like soldiers in World War II, and it was one of the last like ships. They don't build them to cross oceans anymore. Like uh, so, this, they a lot of the modern day cruise ships they build to hug really close to land. Okay. They're basically these giant floating hotels where every single area of space is maximized for getting your money away from you. It's like a barge. Right. Kind of, they're low, they're low bottoms. They're not, they're not deep keeled. Yeah. Like they're, they're these okay. massive, massive, like kind of floating, like almost like tiny floating cities, like floating malls, basically. Right. The one we were on was great for academics because there's all these like little lounges that could double as classrooms. Okay. Um, and it was quite, it was small. Like, I mean, I thought, I mean, I thought it was huge, but then we'd right. park it next to a, re- a normal kind of cruise like ship that you think of. Ship, yeah. And it would be like a third of the size. So it f- seated what? Like a thousand people? There was, yeah, about a little over a thousand. Like there was like something like 700 students and then like, you know, a hundred faculty. And then there was like a couple hundred, uh, you know, people who actually made the ship go, like officers and, you know. Did you pay Scranton? Okay. Uh, I was raised to ask about the money. I'm so sorry. Oh man. Hey, uh, hey, mid- hey Midwest. Ask hey Midwest. It, ask about your money. Did you get a deal? Did you get a deal on it? What was, no, how, what are we talking about? Did you pay Scranton, Pennsylvania University? No, cause it was through, at the time it was through the University of Pittsburgh. So basically I was studying abroad at the University of Pittsburgh through their program of semester at sea. I think at the time it was like 18 grand. Okay. So I went to school. My dad taught at the University of Scranton. Okay. So that's six years. Went there. 36 so years. We what did, did he teach? Uh, he was a professor of economics and he was also associate dean of the School of Management. Wow, econ professor. Yeah. All right. George VB. 
you know, locking it down, starting that business and leadership program, you know, starting the honors calls, making Psyched sure you're stuff doing happened. Psyched you're doing stand-up. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he like, uh, so I didn't go pay to go to college. And right. He, he told me, he's like, listen, you can go to college anywhere you want, mm-hmm, but if you mm-hmm. go to Scranton, I'll pay for it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, dad, you get it for free. Yeah. Everyone in my family went to Scranton. Everybody did. Three sisters, one brother. But we somebody, all went to Scranton. Which is why you could come up with 18 grand between the, the, the nine of you. Yeah. They, they uh, worked, uh, my parents paid, paid for half of it and I paid for the other half. That's it. Just worked my balls off. Yeah. Yeah. First dude. summer at Long Beach Island. Just right. Like, no longer available, children. We're so sorry. Oh um, anyway, but so that was okay. So that's fascinating. It was a, a full then, curriculum, but obviously leaning on international relations and poli sci. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was and just history like a, and all that stuff. You know, I mean, it was just. I mean, it was more like I mean, the academics were like fine, but it was more just like you know the experience. And then it was the like, first place. Throw that, the hell up for four months. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really fun. I mean, there were the kids on it who just like partied, and right. I I like to think that I struck a nice balance. But <laughs> between partying and and sleeping, it's where I got into comedy. Like yeah. it's the like. There was nothing to do. I mean, this was before. Now the ship has like internet, like slow as right. balls internet, but still internet. We didn't have internet. And so barely anybody had a laptop. So we ended up like starting an improv troupe that a girl, I remember her name is Stacy. Right. She's out here in LA. She does like film stuff now. And she taught it and she had taken one Groundlings 101 class. Right. And so she's the one who like, we didn't know, but like it just, it was like the most fun I've ever had. Cause it was just like, let's have fun. Like there was right. no, no pressure. There's no pressure. Nobody's watching. And there was a talent It's like show. doing stand up in Australia. Yeah. It's nobody, like, who, nobody, who cares? right. Do whatever you oh, want. I, I, I did well. Great. Nothing yeah. matters. I did doesn't poorly. Matter. Nothing matters. Still either. doesn't matter. But it was I, like when you do, like when I was in Australia and I see these people do the most amazing stand up comedy I've ever seen in my life. I was like, how does it happen? And they literally, I remember, I think it was Damien Clark. He's like, Jackie, no one's watching us. We can do what I can crawl around on all fours, tell one liners while I do pushups, you know, it's, and it's, and you're like, yeah, uh, you do realize though, there is an internet now. <laughs> and he's like, don't tell anyone because we're amazing. And, he, and he's right. It's like, it's like you can do whatever you want because nobody's watching and you're so freeing to do that. Yeah. My, um, so the big thing that happened to me this past year was, um, Semester C actually contacted me and they're yeah. like, Hey, we heard you do stand up. Do you want to come on this alumni reunion voyage and do stand up? Wow. Like, do I have to, do I have to pay? And they're like, no. And I'm like, I would love to do stand up. So we went from, it was just real quick. It was from Ensenada or San Diego to Ensenada, Mexico. Okay. And, uh, Theo Vaughn did it too. He did semester at C. Okay. And, uh, I did it, but it was great because it was, um, that was the first place I ever did stand up back then. I did it like in a talent show. Yeah. And there was a woman there, like the head dude, like his wife who came up to me and I did it. It went great. It was really, really fun. Oh, cool. And afterwards she came up to me and she was like, I remember you. And I was no. like, what? And she's like, I remember. And she like remembered she a there. joke that I had told. Like, not, it were the, the semblance of a right. joke that I told right, my right. first time ever. But it, and the first time I ever did stand up was like in front of 700 people who wanted to see you succeed. It was the most <laughs> positive oh my experience. God. Like, it was That's too like positive. Being born in a bowl of soup. It was, Holy just, <laughs> it was amazing and, and, and all and good and you felt great. And it was, but it was really interesting. It was a great full circle thing. That is, that is amazing. But oh, I got a big, uh, awesome. like five years ago, I took a gig on a similar program where I was just the video guy. So I did like the whole thing again. But I Okay. Just, so I'm, I get a big, uh, get a big boner for traveling by ship. Right, right. It must have good memories and everything. Oh, yeah. I've never, uh, what I want to do is I want to, I love to sail, 
but I don't like to, um, I don't like to cruise ship. I don't like I've a never large. Actually, like, did the traditional cruise ship thing? Yeah, because it's just like a, a floating buffet, right? Right. It's just a. Yeah. There's a couple of reasons I don't want to be trapped on a cruise ship. One, uh, the food, and two, um, I don't want to be trapped uh, with three thousand people who know that I'm the comic. Oh, have you done the cruise? No, ships? no, no. I refuse. I refuse to do it. Have you um, been like? Have you had that opportunity to do that? Yes, I've had to turn that down. I mean, um, I had a guy say like, you kind of get married to the money, and it's like. You know, it's like whatever, 1500 for the week. But then it just, literally, if anything happens. That's not enough money. Allow me to point out right now that if you want me to do a cruise ship, $11,000. <laughs> Four days. And also, you fly my husband off. can come. Yeah, and I will do one a year, and that is it. Uh, yeah, the, I can't, it just, I can't, um, I, it's gotten to the point where I was, I'm actually rude now. I was so rude the other day, I felt so bad. We went to Gen Con. I can't imagine you being rude. Oh, oh, well, we have not hung out as much as I thought. <laughs> well, you've always been so we're just, excessively right. polite to me. It's a, well, you know, not looking at me in the eyes, right. showing that respect, which I really appreciate. You're right. I treat you like I, when I, when I see Oprah, mm-hmm. I just, I, I try to just, I, I look over her shoulder and I just let her be. Anyway, the, um, the weird thing is, 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 we're sitting, we're playing a game with this guy who's a friend of Andy's and he's a really good guy and he's a really nice guy, but I, was twitchy as all hell for some reason. And he, he goes, Oh, I got a couple of jokes I want to tell you. And I said, fuck you. Oh, and I, I, God. I half stand up cause I was like, I was tired and he, we, luckily he laughed and he took it in a way. Cause I was like, there's a point where I'm like, cause I didn't, he's a friend of Andy. So you know that he's not a horrible person, right? Mm-hmm, you know yeah. that he is not. The joke is not going to be sexist or racist, but for a minute, I just had a knee jerk reaction to, Oh, it's going to be sexist and racist because it almost always is. Yeah. Oh no. They're ever like, Hey, I got a joke for you. And you're like, Oh good. Thank you. I've been waiting <laughs> for you to tell me this yes. seven minute long, a uh, three tiered joke that ends in either a racist, racist or a misogynistic punchline. Right, where all of a sudden it's, there's a fat girl and she happens to be black. Yeah. I'm going to kill you. And it's just, it's the worst. And you're like, ah. But in, then I don't, I can't remember if he did tell it to me. The only other, all right, I'm, I'm, uh, but the only other funny thing that happened is my brother Phil, well sometimes he's like, you know, I flew spirit air the other day. And you know spirit. Yeah, it's a, the worst. a low, low budget. Airline. Right, right. It's like a nickel to get on it, but then they, they charge you for everything. Mm-hmm. And so every comic in the world has made all the jokes in, cause you think you're getting a deal, not realizing you have to wear all your clothes. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, and I've heard that joke. That joke has been covered. And so Phil, he's like, so there, I'm on, I'm on spirit air and that's the, the flight attendant is doing the thing about the, the mask falling down. And I go to her, Hey, yeah, the mask is free, but the air costs money, right? And I said, yeah, yeah, that's been covered. And he goes, no, Uh-oh. no. So you think that the, the stewardess had heard that joke before? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh man, now I feel like a jackass. And, but you're like, how, how can you know that the joke has been covered when you just thought of it? Right. But then it's like, I do that with a friend where I was looking at the trunk of a car and I made the whole lot of bodies jokes. And oh, yeah, he's yeah. like, dude. I, I felt like such a piece of garbage. I was right. like, come on, Babcock, step it up, man. <laughs> what are you doing? Keep writing. Keep yeah. writing. You do like there's jokes that you don't have to make. Like it's I just like that low hanging fruit where you're like, well, right. oh, let someone else pick it. Right. And it you know, and it it it's 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 early it's early comedy. It's early comedy. You yeah. do what you can. You're like the 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 funny jokes recently that I've been that have actually been making me someone did a joke about oh, and I think Oliver, John Oliver did the a long piece about it. 
how, but a couple of years ago, somebody did a bit about how, you know, if they're, oh, it was me. Hi, I wrote a joke about three years ago that I, <laughs> good Lord, I have a cold. Hi, oh my I have a God. cold. <laughs> you know, someone wrote, oh yeah, it's a classication bit. It's a Here bit we go. that I never did anything with. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to hearing you ready for this, oh Rangers? We're going to go late, by the way. We're going to go long so that Ron Babcock gets to talk about his dorkdoms. Uh, it was the thing about the getting raped in prison. Okay. <laughs> right, because I couldn't make it as – I couldn't – because it's not funny. You know how everybody does jokes about, you know, yeah. every time you drop soap or you do this and the hilarity of rape in mm-hmm. prison. Uh, my prem- The premise was <laughs> I wanted to do a bit about how if they know what is happening 72 hours, because you can't give blood if you've been in jail longer than 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Well, if they know what happens at 72 hours, please stop it, right? That's the premise. I never wrote a punchline for it, which is probably why I stopped doing it. A <laughs> uh, punchline didn't miraculously Jackie appear. Jackie, premiscation strikes again. <laughs> right, I got, well, c- come and see the new 67 minutes of Jackie Cation, just premises, just premises. <laughs> On the half-baked idea comedy tour. <laughs> Let's see what's out there. All right. <laughs> it could have been anything. What I wanted you to do is write a punchline for that and save that joke. Got anything? Mm. Nothing. Nope. Nope. Still sad. Still sad, folks. Still <laughs> just a premise with no punchline. Nobody's fixing it. Let's do this, uh, Ron Babcock of, of, um, at Ron Babcock on Twitter. You, this year, 2014, this fall, yeah. you are going to drive around and do a bunch of awesome weirdo one-nighters. Yeah. Three months worth. And you're going to take the car that you love. Is yeah. that the deal? 75 Mercedes Benz. That really sounds Gasoline efficient. I um Let's, actually, well, Jackie, have you souped it up? What did the you good do? people at MercedesMotoring.com. Oh, hello. Actually, uh, yeah, I know. I got sponsored by my buddy. Oh, okay. He's a Mercedes restoration company, and uh, he's like legit knows what he like. He's I think he sold some cars to like Seinfeld. Like the Mercedes flew a camera crew over from Germany to do like a little documentary about him. Oh, cool. But he basically gets these old vintage Mercedes cars, strips them down to the chassis. Like, cleans them. Like, they got the original leather and they reupholster it. Like, they do, like, by the time they're done, it looks like. It just came off the, uh, yeah. off the line. And, and that's what you're going to drive around in? Yeah, I'm driving. Um, oh, that's so cool. I'm Stick automatic. Like, automatic. Automatic. Okay. Um, probably like, you know, between the 1974 and 76, which, um, cause I like, they had the, this thing called the 115 chassis where it's like a little bit curved. Like, mm-hmm. they're, if you look at Mercedes, a lot of times the ones in the 80s have horizontal lights where this one has vertical lights. Yeah. And I just think that looks prettier. <laughs> uh, and then they have the matching hubcaps with the Mercedes, uh, Benz logo. I mean, it's just, to me, it's like a really, I never gave a shit about cars until right. I saw one of these. And oh, I was right. like, that's a sexy car. I am in. It goes really, really slow. Okay. It it's not a turbo diesel, and so that's the only thing that's a little scary is uh, there's not a lot of pickup on that merge onto the highway. Oh, right, right. You're going 45 for yeah. some time, and, and then you're going 55. It's like a back roads kind of car, and then like you work your way up. But part of the reason is these cars last so long is it can't go fast enough to get you into trouble. Like okay. that's why cars – you know, break down. You're going like 80, 85, 90. Your engine's running hot. You're putting more wear and tear on the car. You're brake, braking fast. You're accelerating fast. Okay. Me, I drive. My friends make fun of me for how I drive, which yeah. um, is extremely slow. Oh, really? Because I currently drive a 99 Honda CRV with 228,000 miles. Sweet ride, though. Thanks, bro. All right. So it's uh That thing's going to last more than 300 easy, right? It's, it's just, I just drive it really, really slow. I drive it really soft. So I'm used to driving a slow car. 
Uh, then, then, oh, then this thing is made for you, man. Exactly. So it's, uh, what yeah. color is it? Uh, well, the one, we haven't nailed down the car. The one they're looking at is, um, it's actually, uh, a, I have a picture of it for you. You can email not for it. these, uh, not no. for these listeners though. Well, it's going to be hard on audio. Let's it's, describe it. It's sort it's, of a sky blue. It's a red mixed car with a hunter green and a fire engine red. What? It is kind of, you're not too far off. It is, um, but it's a beautiful car. I'm really excited about it. Here That's it, neat. Here it is. Boom. Oh yeah, that's, uh, boxy. Boxy. That's Four when they door. were super boxy. Sedan. Red car. Uh, you know, just a good looking. That's a good looking Mercedes Benz right there. So yeah, it's a nice matching hubcaps. Yeah. So that's your hook. That's my little hook. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to plan enough time to go between places and just doing like, oh, every scene has like a little indie. I'm just skipping comedy clubs. I'm so tired of trying to like. Oh, to break into the big clubs and stuff. Yeah, it's. There's such a pain in the ass to break into, and mm-hmm. I have like I have enough credits to be like that's impressive, but not enough right. credits to like you oh, know headline. Just, you have just enough credits to be offended that they won't headline you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fair, you're much. like I not only have enough time to close this room, I have a couple of credits that should make you want to close me, and yet neither of those things seem to be working. It's making me. Uh, genuinely irritable. So I'm pretty, I'm just, yeah, I've been kind of like, you know, like, screw it. I'm just going to do the indie rooms and I'm doing a couple festivals. I'm going to try and do some like colleges and right, right. It looks like, things. like I mean, you're going to be in California and then Arizona and New Mexico and Colorado. And then you're going Midwest, Nebraska, oh, Iowa, Minneapolis, Illinois, Chicago, Iowa, Minnesota, Ohio. Yeah. Ohio, Pennsylvania. You doing your hometown? Oh God. It's been such a, a uh, yeah, this place I always do. Uh, they lost their performer's license. And uh, I'm trying to find a place. Like I found places, but I'm trying to find a place that won't be uniformly terrible. Oh right. Like they're like, what about this place? I'm like, it has made of concrete floors and has like 50 foot high ceilings. Right, and it's like, just full of career I'm drunks. Gonna have a ton of people from high school come out. Like I at least want it to be like in a place where the comedy could be successful. Right, right. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm working on a couple places, but it's like you know. Didn't your high school build a PAC attached to it? That's what every other high school did in the last 20 years. Performing arts center. We did. There you go. Why don't we you did. look Actually, into that? And you know what? It's beautiful. Of course it's, it is. State I went of the art from 10 years ago. Probably. Private Scranton Prep School also went for free. And they <laughs> uh, had some money and they built a, it's a real gotha looking stone building. Like it's straight oh, out neat. of like, you know, a, movies about high school. Like, oh, okay. You know, it has that kind of very oh, old That John kind of Hughes kind of oh, feel to it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. I just had the I South. fill a thousand seater, right? <laughs> right. Luckily, my South Milwaukee PAC, um, the South Milwaukee High School Performing Arts Center. South Milwaukee is a town of 21,000 people, factory town as well. They could all um, fit in the Performing Arts Center. 700 seat theater. Wow. And uh, they're like, hey, we're doing a gala. Would you like to come and do it? And I was like, yeah, you, I don't. I, uh, you, you can't afford me right now. I'm so sorry. Uh, but what I would do is I would do a night of stand-up comedy from Wisconsin comics who never get to work Wisconsin because for some reason our miracles do not work in our hometowns because we are all Christ-like. But how, how great would a show be with me, Tom Clark, Pete Lee, uh, oh, Mary my, Mack, yeah. Andy Smith, it's just so, Tim yeah. Harmston. It's a solid lineup right there. That's just a, 
People would leave in pain. I'm a big pain. fan. Big fan of Tom Clark. Oh, Tom Clark, silliest, funniest guy in yeah. the world. Guy's amazingly. Silly he was my funny. first like editing job when I moved to L.A. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He hired me to like cut together his um his like comedy CD that I think he still sells on the road, and I edited it together. Nice. And I remember like that was like my first like. I got to get him on. He, he's, oh, Tom he's Clark a goof. is great. Yeah. But uh you're going to go around, you're going to do it and and how do how do people how how will they go to heyron.com and look? Yeah, everything's I'm putting everything up on there. I'm still booking out like the southern thing, which I'm excited about cuz I've never done the deep south, but I got a great like, joke about restoration or the reclam- <laughs> reclamation, restoration. The uh, Reforma- No, that's that's uh I got to work on my march Catholic. to the sea stuff, you know. <laughs> right, your Sherman jokes. Yeah. Uh, oh man. How about the next civil war? You could do a joke about that. That'll be super fun. Anyway, be like cheerful. Good dive into premise. my Jefferson Davis material. <laughs> That's I was, I was really asking. awful president. Did some research on him. Oh man, he that, was not that good. Did not work out. Yeah. The only thing good for him is he he was the one who did tell uh, Booth that uh, he was not in favor of kidnapping Abraham Lincoln. He did say uh, he told John Wilkes Wilkes Booth and all those guys. He was uh-huh. like. You know, it's a bad precedent, kidnapping presidents. Um, so let's not kidnap Lincoln. And uh, and they were all nuts anyway, and they were like, we're going to kidnap Lincoln. And then the war ended, and then they're like, well, we're just going to shoot everybody then. And you're like, ugh. Anyway, so cheerful. More premises, people. The hilarity <laughs> of Jackie Cation's stand-up comedy. Well, dude, my next comedy CD is just going to be premises. You know, it's kind of fun. Marching bands. Isn't that weird that they're always marching? Isaac Whitty had a great marching band joke. I don't know if you ever heard Isaac Whitty's marching no, band no, joke what is about it? sending, he wants to send a, a band, marching band to Iraq and just the carnage that there would just be like trombones on the beaches. <laughs> anyway, it was a very funny imagery. Um, let's just talk about other comics and their stand-up comedy. Here's, let's get into it. Here we are. Almost 30 minutes. Let's Whoa, bring 30? it. 30? Really? I know we're already wow. there. Decorating. Decorating. Oh, God. I'm like, um, I'm known for having a, uh, I am known for having a nice apartment. <laughs> I live in a studio in All Hollywood, right. but you know what? It is classy. Tricked out. It is tasteful. And I'm a big believer. First of all, I'm the type of person who gets really affected by their environment. Okay. So you like to make it nice. Yeah. I can't get work done unless things are nice. Like, and I, I just, I, I, I believe that even if you're not the type of person who's affected by their environment, I think your mind works better. When the area around you is like clean and organized yeah. and it helps breed good thoughts. Some, there are a few people who love working in chaos. Right. You no know? clutter or any of that. I'm not one of those it. people. Can't do it. And also when you hit 30, Hey, guess what? Time to get your shit together. All right. <laughs> You've had your fuck around time. Right. Now you're in your thirties. Right. So. Get rid of those milk crates and or put need... a cloth over them, my friend. Or you could even make milk crates look cool. Like you don't need a lot of money to have a place that looks nice. Why, why don't you have a show on TLC? Let's I, learn how. Let's learn I, how it's done. I do a thing. Um, pretty much you need three things. Okay. For, for, and this, and my stuff, like, I'm a, I'm a, a guy, so like, I, um, my stuff, my ideas tend to like lean towards that, cause that's what I know. Right. But I find if you move into a crappy apartment, where most people are renting, I mean, right. if you have money, you might have a, a nicer place, a bigger sense of ownership. Right. Three things you do. Posters, paint, and plants. That's literally all you need for a nice place. Okay. You don't even need to paint the whole wall. All you need to do is paint one accent wall. That's the only thing we've done in this I'm entire I'm looking in this house. room, and an accent wall helps. It helps provide a sense of depth. 
and yep. it makes a place seem bigger than it is. Right. All you need to do is paint one accent wall and pick a nice color. You know, yeah. pick whatever favorite color. Just make sure it's matte and not shiny. The shiny paints for bathrooms and kitchens, and it just when people put it in their living room, it just looks weird. Here's what happened here in uh, in this house. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Yeah. I'm looking we, at a little semi gloss here. Oh, semi gloss. All all of the walls and the ceiling painted semi gloss. Jesus. The trim matte. They got it exactly opposite. Yeah. The people who flipped this house, and then uh, we paid top dollar for it. Yeah, and top then, of the market. And you can That's like, we bought it. Learn how to paint, like um, just off YouTube videos. It's not too hard. The thing is, don't chintz out on the brush on the, on the roller. Buy oh, yeah? a, buy a decent roller. How much is a roller? Like a decent roller, too, like twelve bucks? Yeah, or? it's like yeah, it's not too much. It's Maybe between 10. like ten and twenty. Okay, you know, and then like you, you know, you get I mean, a lot of times you get cheap paint. If you go to a place, just go look at their um. Go hey, because people mess up on the paint mixing all the yeah. time. So just go hey, where's your like clearance paint? Yeah. You could get paint so cheap and chances are you'll find a color that's like maybe not exactly what you wanted. Yeah. But that's pretty close and yeah. it's going to be nicer than the color you have currently in your apartment. You know that weird eggshell color that looks, looks that like. They do with every, it's like. It, it looks like sickness. Yeah. It doesn't look like, it looks like sickness and it looks like institutional. If you could, if you could get your summer cold a color, it would look like that. Ugh, Just like that, even. that weird, like kind of like curdled milk kind of mm, look. Makes me want to lie down. Anyway. <laughs> so you got paint. Yeah. And then you want to do posters. Here's the rub about posters. Yeah. You like, gotta frame them. No, you don't. You don't. Framing is a racket. Anything that costs more money than the actual piece of art, that's yeah. a racket. You don't need frames. I mean, and here's the thing, like, you could push pin it, but that's kind of more of a college thing. Yeah. I do a couple things that make stuff look nice. Um, one of the things I did was, um, I, what I do is I just do office binder clips. Okay. So what you do is you just kind of put in two, like, you know, four finishing nails. And you clip the end of the poster and you so, just hang it on the finishing. So they're sort of those black corners, kind yeah. of those black corner things. And then that you could hang them yeah, by you, those. Yeah. You just have like, like, you know, those little, like, uh, like if you use a little office binder clip to get a piece of papers, you know, those little black things with, wait, binder clip, binder clips. Yeah. Binder clips. So like you right. just kind of like, you can even do like Google, uh, binder clip. Like picture framing and they'll t- come up and it looks surprisingly cool and you get like different colors. They look okay. nice. They're like, it's definitely but, like, but you know, those, you know, those like finishing corner. Oh things? yeah. I've seen those. Yeah. Cause those would be nice too. Like if you can't afford to, cause all you got to do, cause on the back of those, they usually have like a little circle mm-hmm. that you can either use and it's like a plastic thing that you can, you, you can attach to the nail. There's so many and you different. You can hang, you yeah. can hang it like, you know, from each corner and it would just sort of look like fake. Framing kind there's, of thing. There's a couple ones that look, uh, where you can actually kind of get these long metal strips, um, and then behind them is like a piece of metal. Yeah. And so it's like magnetized. Right. And then you just hang, and it goes on the top and the bottom of the picture, so right. it's like weighted, and you just hang that up, and that's like 15 bucks as opposed to like a $45 print shop. Right. So there's all Or like, 100, sometimes it's $100 to frame oh, something. Oh yeah, it's expensive, and it makes it heavy, <laughs> and then also, like when you take it down, you have to find a place to put it, you can't just roll it up. And if you frame with glass, it's so heavy. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I've used, uh, for smaller things, I went on Craigslist, I bought like three vintage coat hangers, mm-hmm. like the old wooden with the metal. And then I just put a nail on the wall. I hang the coat hanger and then I pinch whatever picture I want from there. And it's like just these little things where if when you're a dude and you do this kind of stuff, right? you women are so impressed. <laughs> just so right. like, cause you've raised the bar. The bar is so low. No, it's so <laughs> insane. All you got to do is that and get some linens. Like a tablecloth, like any, like clothes for your furniture. Any, it make, blows make women's your mind. sheets match your top sheet. Oh my gosh! The, fitted, yeah. the top get, sheet, the the pillowcase. If you get like a nice pair of sheets like mm-hmm. that, because your environment, like like it or not, when people walk in your apartment mm-hmm. or home, they're judging you. Right. 
and they're seeing what's happening. And for dudes, it's so easy to to have a good first impression. Right. All, first of all, just clean. Just put your things away. Yeah. You know, that's it. And just then just clean the common areas. My and friend. first of all, if you're paying, if you're paying for IKEA furniture, mm-hmm. well, you must be made of money because right. on Craigslist right now, someone is giving away a free desk. And a free bookcase, especially <laughs> in a city. I have never paid for a bookcase from Ikea. Right. Someone is always giving that and stuff away for free. And they've already made it. Already, they've already put it together. All yeah, you got to do is carry it away. You've got to duck. I mean, this stuff doesn't last that long, but like. I'll tell you that when, when uh, Andy, Andy and I were dating, and it was the first, uh, the first time he, he invited me over to his apartment for dinner, and he was talking to a woman at, at work, and he said, what do you think? I'm, so I'm inviting her over for dinner. Are there any suggestions? And she said, Two things. Um, <laughs> cloth napkins. Yep. And uh change the sponge in your sink. That's huge. And <laughs> I was like, what? He goes, yeah, she said, she won't notice that you have a new sponge, but she would notice if the sponge was awful. Yes. So if you have a new sponge, that is <laughs> then it's, awesome. that's the whole. <laughs> and also, I'm a big fan of uh, cloth napkins. I actually just took a sewing class because I'm going to start making cloth napkins. Oh, right. That's right. You were talking about sewing class. Yeah. How was that sewing it class? It was awesome. And it was it like. It was just finishing tablecloths and stuff, right? And table it was just runners a basic and- like, hey, here's what a sewing thing does. It was, I, I'm like, I love making stuff with my hands. I feel such a sense of accomplishment whenever I make anything. Sure. Because, you know, you write a joke. And one audience thinks it's the funniest thing you ever heard. And the next night, it's like just deer in headlights. But right. when I make a little table, when I make a napkin, mm-hmm. guess what? It's still a napkin. It's still a napkin. And there's something very <laughs> definitive that okay. makes me feel good. So I love making stuff. I'm also like, I like the old, like how my grandparents were, how like, you know, they would use like newspapers instead of paper towels to like wash mirrors because the inks in the newspaper help keep for streak free. Oh, right, right. So it's like, you just, I like that simple life of, of not having a lot of stuff. I'm yeah. like, that to me, like the Try less to bring stuff it I down have, and up. Yeah. the less things you got to worry about. It would be so great if we didn't have a lot of stuff. It turns out I am, uh, in love with a gentleman who enjoys the collecting of items. What? I, you know, yeah. I have not even noticed that <laughs> being in your place, looking around. I mean, I'm just like, For about oh. a half an hour going to yourself. <laughs> Wow, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I do some stacking. Like I try to, I try to do what I can. I try to I do oh, some man. stacking. Oh man, girl, you got a file, not pile. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. It's a, uh, but the <laughs> file, not pile. But it, he is willing, he is willing to, to put a lot of stuff away. But I remember when we moved in together, he goes, you know, I don't, uh, I don't dust. And uh. I was like, oh, I don't either. And then I realized that's because I've never had anything. Mm-hmm. And when I dust, all I'm, I'm I'm wiping down something that doesn't have anything on top of it. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't dust, and he's got a, an entire shelf just of, of action like, figures, like tchotchke everywhere. Yeah, just tchotchke crap all over the place. And God love him. But uh, uh, and yeah, whatever. I, but I like. I mean, I think it's. But it's pretty tidy. It is pretty tidy. It's it's. I, I'm, I, but I am a, like a big believer, like, because a lot of people live in terrible places and my thinking is like this is like this is your home like Mm -hmm. this is where you go to like if you have a place that's a little nice like you're gonna feel so much better like you want your home to be a place where like after the how difficult the day's been you want like sanctuary where you can go home and you don't need like a ton of money all you need to do is like if it's clean and like there's so much cheap art like there's so many people making stuff like the are the art i buy from local artists it's like 20 bucks right it feels good because you're like it's so cool. giving it's them twenty bucks, yeah, and you're giving someone who's like also like doing something creative, so you, it feels nice, yeah. And you just you put stuff up, and it looks good, and then just get a couple of plants, 
That's the, and you could get plants for free because someone's always moving on Craigslist. Like you, right. all this stuff, like it just takes a little bit of creativity, creativity, a little bit of time. You get plants, man. And if a lady sees a plant in your place, oh, forget about it. That's so stereotypical, but You're true. Keeping this you alive? think it's true? Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That is, well, what kind of plants? Like we have that thing that someone gave us in behind the antenna. I like to get drought resistant ones because I go on the road and I, yeah. I want something that doesn't die. Yeah. So I just get greenery plants, you know, and like you just put them in a big pot, water them once in a while. I might have to get a little bit of like, you like put some stuff on them like from home to, I don't yeah. know, like some you miracle grow types. I don't even do that though, but like mm-hmm. it's, you know, and the, the plant dies, it's okay. Like there's ca- another plant. Have another crack at it, buddy. Yeah. And yeah. it's actually good for the air in your apartment. Like, right. And that's all. You just have those things and then yeah. just keep your eyes peeled on the road for free stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, watch your couches and mattresses because of the bed bugs. Okay. But I've gotten some like cool bedside tables. I found this play thing. I needed a thing for a TV stand, a thing for my Xbox and a magazine holder. I went out to my dumpster. Right there was a TV stand with a hole cut out and magazine racks on the side. And literally it was, it was like, it was like made for me. Wow. And it's like real chintzy, but it's like I just primed it, painted it, and now it looks we, good. We have a bunch of – Kieran Rontowski used to refinish – she would you know, drive around. She used to have this awesome truck, this tiny truck, mm-hmm. this little pickup truck that – Oh, was it one of those like ones from the 80s? Toyota. <gasps> I love those pickup trucks. She said she would – They're like little remote control cars. Man, yeah. Those things are awesome. And they're the perfect size. Yeah. They're those Nissan, Toyota, those yeah. Datsuns. Yep. Those are like – I definitely want one of those one yeah, day. Yeah, they were just, and she said she would stop at, at, at stoplights and there would always be just some, some young Mexican guy who'd be like, seriously, I would buy that in a minute. And she's like, I know you would. In other news, it's not for sale. I love those uh, trucks because they're just, I like cars that are just like a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> like a steering wheel, <laughs> an engine, and like a pickup truck bed. Yep. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. And it was, it was, and she would pick up furniture and then she would, she would, for a while, she was stripping furniture and repainting it. And I have a magazine holder. Mm-hmm. I have a bookcase that she put together. It's um. It feels so good <laughs> to do that too. Yeah. Like working with your. That, that's why I honestly think a lot of people are depressed. Is that we don't work with our hands as much. So we used to like plant our food. We used to cook our food. Where now a lot of that stuff is removed. Where you can spend a day just sitting and have things done for you. Like you know, yeah. you, you buy the food from the supermarket. You you cook it in a microwave. You or know, and you have all this free you time. Out, yeah. And, and we're you just, don't do anything. we're consuming things like, you know, via the internet and TV, but we're not producing things. And if you take a look like, uh, that sewing class, we made a tote bag. At the end of it, everyone was so goddamn proud <laughs> of this chintzy little tote bag we made. Like right. a real sense of accomplishment. And yeah. it made, cause people were meant to make things. Yeah. And people like feel really good about themselves when they make stuff. When we're over. It doesn't up. even have to be good. It's just the sheer act of doing it. I'll show you our garden. It's so we, we, we got, cause you know, we're at war I want at all times. so bad. It's the best. We had, um, the tomatoes didn't work this year. Oh, uh, get tomatoes bugs. to work? Oh, I know. It's such a, it's Every such other a... year they're fine, but we've had leaf footed bugs and those spiders. You doing bikes. them in a bucket or you got a bucket garden or like a garden garden? No, no, we, we this house is tiny. Mm-hmm. The yard, enormous. <laughs> yeah, we got a lemon tree and an orange tree back there. Oh my god. Yeah, it's huge back there. You'll come back? Yeah, you'll yeah. see. I'm gonna it's take nice. some of those lemons. Take a lemon. Meyer lemons. I, I always like, I was friends with a buddy who had an avocado tree for a while. Oh, he used to make it rain avocados on me. It was oh my great. God. It's so funny about avocado, cause I'm from, you know, you're from Pennsylvania, I'm from Wisconsin. You, you don't, you have an apple tree, you have a pear tree maybe, right? Yeah. And there I, I was like, avocados bush. grow on trees? Like I didn't right. even know. I remember the first time in one of my apartments, there was avocados on the ground, uh, outside the carport of where I parked my car. And I was like, driving oh, somebody, over avocados. So, somebody bought avocados and they didn't, and they fell out of the 
Someone dropped all their avocado. Oh, that's so sad. And then, um, and then I, um, one time I pull in and all of a sudden an avocado comes lobbing over. There was the next, uh, the next apartment over had an avocado tree and the kids would just whip them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's all it was. It was just. That's kid- when you know you have a lot of avocados oh, and yeah. you can commit crime with it. When you could just whip them like yeah. they're garbage. Be a public nuisance. <laughs> all right. So what about urban design? Um, let's go because it goes right into it. I think. Oh yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm. I, it's weird. If I didn't do comedy, I would go to school for urban design. Just like the idea of um, like architecture or the way yeah, spaces are used. Or yeah, what? it's kind of like architecture for cities. You know, it's like kind of planning, like like planning how development will be, like planning how oh. a city will look. I mean, that's all. Like you know, you can't like right urban here on planning. This, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like, you know, right here, you couldn't build like an office depot on the street because it's zoned for residential. Right. So it's kind of like, and that stuff has a big effect on how people live. And mm-hmm. so I always love these new projects that like cities are running out of space. And so now there's these like really new innovative projects to create space. And, um, there's this one that, um, it's, I've always been following it for years, but it's uh, this thing in Los Angeles where they want to put a park over, uh, the 101. So do you know the 101 freeway? Yeah. And it, um, you know, cuts right through Hollywood. <laughs> and, you know, it used to be a big neighborhood there, and then the, yeah. the highway just cut it right in half. Right. And L.A. has, like, the Griffith Park, which is the largest urban park in the country. Yeah. But it's very much a destination park. Like, Yeah. You have I mean, to go. Mountain lions live there. Like, it's very, like, you know, it's this wilderness, but there's not a lot of parks in L.A. that are, like, integrated into the city where you can just go on on your, you know, an on hour foot. off. And so they want to, uh, you know, when you have the 101 freeway, and you're driving Los Angeles from, like, Bronson all the way down to Santa Monica – there's these walls on either side of you. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is basically, well, why don't we just put a roof on it, create a tunnel, and then just put a park on top of the whole damn thing. And you know the freeways in Los Angeles, like they're extremely wide. So this right, would right. be – Right, right. There's six lanes on each side, usually yeah, five or six lanes. Something like a 48-acre park or something like that and would have you know bike paths and amphitheaters. There might even be like a bed and breakfast and all this great stuff. Wow. And Carousel. So <laughs> they want to do it in three st- – it would take 10 years to build, but it would raise like – property values and quality of life like crazy and they build it in three stages so like after the first three to four years you could start enjoying a third of the park next three or four years the next third and so now they just finally got to the environmental impact report stage so whenever anything is built in la it has to have an environmental impact report and that's like the big thing and that's why it's kind of tough to build stuff in la because that takes a lot of time and a lot of research and a lot of money right basically like how is this development going to affect everything about it you know right and the resources are so they're they're there aren't a lot of resources in this city because it's, it's not a desert, but it is a, 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 te- a kind of temperate, you know, mm-hmm. that doesn't have a lot of water and it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, we truck all our water in. Yeah. Or we not truck, but we pipe all our water in. Right. But I think 84% of our water comes from outside of LA. Here's, um, I'm going to say a positive thing about our, um, you know, that Los Angeles has been in a drought for the last 10 years. Yeah. Off and on. Uh, and for the most part, so we've all had to learn how to live in drought. The rest of the state went into drought about a year ago. And because we're the only ones who are good at it, we gave the rest of the state some water earlier this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's all, it's all, most of our water gets used in agricultural production. The like state? The, yeah, yeah. Like, like we're, something like. Freaking bread basket. Like 80%. Like, is, and a lot of it's because it's. Central Valley is all. They do spray, <laughs> you know, not drip irrigation, which is much more efficient. You know, guess what? That stuff costs a lot of money to install. So it's like, who pays oh, do for we that? Do, do we do spray? Yeah, we do a lot of places do spray. And that's a huge, like, waste of water because a lot of it goes towards evaporation. Yeah, yeah. And so, and a lot of the water that falls in LA, like, it doesn't go in. So it used to have a lot of, like, would go in the groundwater because it would fall on grass. Yeah. Well, if you take a look at LA right now, 
it's just a concrete jungle. Yeah. So it goes into a sewer, which goes into a pipe, which goes into the LA River, which, which is a 51 mile concrete channel, which right. goes right out into the ocean. Right into so the, the water ocean. that we do get, we just, we put just throw right away. into the ocean yeah. immediately. Right. And now it's like they're trying to change that. And, you know, in the next like five to 10 years, you're going to see like, I think you're going to see the death of the private swimming pool. You're going to oh. see rainwater collection barrels on everything. And you're going to see the LA River continue to turn back into a river where they rip the concrete up. I heard about that they want to, they want to do the, oh, the LA River. It's, it's, a, and that's actually, um, that's the other big thing. So I'm like, cause I like these, um, these big urban projects that are like, you know, you take these and everybody knows the LA River. You've seen it in like Terminator 2 and like Last Action Hero, like any <laughs> yeah. drive, which by the way, you can't drive along the LA River. Like, right. You get caught real quick if you do that. Yeah. You're done almost immediately. I mean, Ryan Gosling can get away with it, but other than that, no one. Yeah, I'll tell you who else. Um, not not even John Travolta in in Greece. It's there's no way to do a drag race down there. They aren't straight enough. They aren't wide enough. It isn't. It's not going to happen. There's 11 miles of that that they want to turn back into an actual river. Yeah, I heard about and that. And so That'd there's be like so um, great. there were three plans. It was like good, better, best. Like mm. one would like you know be really good for the environment, and the other one would be like even better for the environment. And then the third one, the most expensive one <laughs> yeah. would be like great for the environment, but also have all that public paths and like allow the public to actually enjoy it. And Garcetti, uh, good on him. He went to the feds like three times, traveled to DC and he got them to recommend, he got the army Corps of engineers to say, listen, the most expensive plan is the best partially because LA didn't go empty handed. We went and said, Hey, we already got like 300 million. Right. You know, cause like the the most expensive plan also would receive the most federal funding. Oh, right. And that's going to raise property values all throughout that region. You're going to create like economic zones. You're going to have a, you're going to transform a portion of your city that people don't even talk about now. And right. so now there's all these ideas. It was like, Hey, why don't we put a bike lane along the 51 miles of the LA river? Right. And so you have all these things that are also going to help people are working mitigate out traffic anyway. flow. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really cool to, and there are parts that are actually like a river and there's tons of birds and wildlife. And it's like, it's yeah, kind animals of amazing. Could, yeah. Animals could come back. That'd so be great. It's expensive, but it's also a thing that can really kind of, you know, LA is like, I think a, a beautiful city that kind of <sighs> looks pretty grubby in areas. Oh yeah. Like surprise, like when I first moved to LA, I was like, this is it? I went out to, uh, where Shane Moss lives out in Malibu. Uh-huh. Oh, and, Jesus, um, it's beautiful. Yeah, but like right next to him, it looks like, um, there's a starlet that's been murdered. <laughs> it looks like a noir. <laughs> Wait, what is it? Just like a, an old home that's like right, run down? It, yeah, it's like, it's an apartment building. Oh. <laughs> that looks like, that, that, it looks like a film noir from 1978. Yeah. And, uh, or there's a, there's a TV, there's a movie that's called Van Nuys Boulevard. And it has that sort of grainy look to it. And I was like, with the way the light was falling on it, I was like, Oh my God, there's a guy in a hat, uh, from 1947 that's wandering around that building going, smoking. Just going, <laughs> well, she didn't have a lot to live for anyway, honey. And, <laughs> ooh, my cold works with that voice. Oh yeah, it does yeah. work really well. That's nice. But yeah, I would, I would love if they would, it, cause I, I, Los Angeles is so beautiful and there's so many, first like, time I came to Hollywood, flowers. I was just like, oh my God, this is such a letdown. Oh yeah, because I mean, it was so, like creepy and dirty and I mean it, it still is. Oh yeah, but I always tell people I'm like, oh, you should have seen it five years ago. Oh well, Andy went to college in uh, like in '85, and mm-hmm. he said it was this the biggest dirtbagville that you'd ever seen oh, yeah. in your life. And then 
that's, but what I love about it is that there's always a flower in bloom. There's always, you know, it's a different because all the different, because nothing's indigenous. I have no idea what would be indigenous. Palm trees certainly are not. Nope. And, uh, <laughs> so you can plant whatever. The earth is like, okay, it's you can grow the that. Ground and something will grow here. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's, 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 it's ridiculous how much food California pumps out. Yeah. It's crazy talk. So. What, um, yeah. So what do you, what do you, do you like, did you ever live in the Valley? I did. I lived in North Hollywood for, uh, I, um, when I first moved to LA, I lived in Los Feliz and my buddy and I moved out and I decided to move into a warehouse space in the arts district way before the arts district was cool. Oh, oh, that, oh, the sort of the dirtbag area over uh, between Lancashire and Cahuenga. Yeah. Do you remember Val Kilmer? Uh, yeah. She used to run a uh, grudge comedy. I lived with her. In Val this, Kilmer? Or, um, Val Myers. <laughs> Do you remember uh, Val Kilmer? He was in Batman for a while. <laughs> oh, he did Real Genius. Great guy. Great guy. Okay, used to do stand up. Ran an open mic over NoHo. Right, right. This was before he got fat. Anyway, <laughs> we lived together in a warehouse. Uh, uh, great no. dude. Little weird. Uh, Marie Bamford used to live in that neighborhood. She had yeah. a uh, she, she had a shitty apartment that uh, the, the the landlord would occasionally say to her, you know, if you don't have money for uh, you know, we could just uh, you know, if you don't have oh, money for God. rent, and she's like. Allow me to go find I'll, some money. I'll find some money for right yeah. now. <laughs> Gotta go find some cash. We, uh, I went down there and it was one of those things where it's like, hey man, listen, there's no lease, right? But it's just, which, uh, first of all, <laughs> your living situation, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna turn out great when they, they started off with, there's no lease, but it's 300 a month. And I wow. was like, you can stop talking. I'm sorry. I'm in. And I'm, so, even if it's one month, I'm in. Well, I asked where my room was and they were like, okay, so about that. Um, <laughs> so they're like, here, follow me. And I then started climbing up a ladder that was attached to the outside of a wall. Oh my God. And it was basically like, imagine someone built a room and then my room was the area on top of that room. What? So it was like kind of, imagine if somebody like a huge warehouse space, imagine if someone built like a one story like yeah. box. And then I was going to live on top of that box, but my box had no walls or, or anything. And somehow there was like through a, a trapdoor of some sort. It was like a 300 pound water heater was on top of it. Um, what? that took up a lot of the space. So I spent like a month. And by the way, I don't know how to do any of this shit, but I spent a month like my roommate did and he helped me like set up a pulley system where we like chopped through the metal and we took out this 300 pound water heater. We recycled it. We made like eight dollars. <laughs> And then we like kind of built like walls, you know, just like they didn't, I couldn't build a ceiling cause it went way too high, but I like right. kind of built walls. I leveled out the floor. I put plywood down. I painted the walls. I did everything where it was a little open air, but it was like, it still like was kind of cool. You know, it was like a neat looking place. You lived in an open air box on top of a warehouse. Well, the day came where I finished it. Yeah. And, you know, I was proud. I did that. I built this thing with my own bare hands. I didn't yeah. know what I was doing. Yeah, it's a I thing cut to myself. make, right? I mean, I stepped in. There was one part of the floor where I wasn't supposed to step in. And then I stepped in it one day and my foot went through the ceiling <laughs> and <laughs> right into my roommate's room below. And so I had to fix that. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. So I did all this stuff and I finished it. And I was feeling really proud and I took a nap. And then my roommate, uh, you know, Val Kilmer, yeah. he, uh, he yeah, woke yeah. me up and he said, <laughs> she said, uh, she's like, Hey, um, so we're getting evicted. And I was like, oh. And then I moved up to North Hollywood and I lived on my best friend's couch for a year and a half oh. because uh, I was in crazy debt. And 
Turns out I'm a, you know how like I said I was affected by environment before? Yeah. I had, they were, they weren't. They had a very dirty place. Uh, and I would just. You lived in squalor. I would just clean the place. That's what, so, that was your job. And I wasn't there at night because I was doing stand up. So they never saw me. So they were like, Hey, if you just want to like stay, stay. here. <laughs> and I would just show up sometimes with like, I would just call them and be like, what do you want from Taco Bell? Or I'd be like, the one day, this was the coolest thing I ever did as a thank you. Cause I was saving so yeah. much money and I was paying like for utilities, but I kicked open the door and under one hand I had two pizzas and then the other hand I had an Xbox 360. Uh, and after that they were like, you could do no wrong. I'm you, telling you, you buy a $300 Xbox that I love. Yeah. Like it was difficult with women. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling the whole. It's a year and a half of, well, I'm going to save some money. Yeah. And be like, uh, yeah, so about that. But a lot of times my friends would be away for the weekend and I would. Okay. I Do they have, they have day jobs and you yeah. have night jobs and then. It was pretty much like, and then my buddy Ben, like the one time he was out of town and, uh, he was really into horror movies. So on his wall was, uh, an axe and a pair of clown shoes. Oh my and God. I remember like hooking up with a girl and she was like, what's with your axe and clown shoes? And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'm a comedian. I thought it'd be funny. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. That's crazy talk. Guess what? I'm inching toward the door. Uh, <laughs> Rontowski got me my first apartment. Because what I did when I moved Wait, here, I had three hundred dollars. Karen Rentowski. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, when I moved here, Jennifer McLean, friend of mine from Minneapolis, stand-up comic, uh, she uh, she was like, "You can live. We can share uh, a studio for a while." And it was, I think, we each paid two seventy-five. Wow. When did you move and here? In ninety-seven, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she had it was like a box with a with a step up and a curtain that was her bedroom and then there was a there was a bathroom off of it and then there was a living room and then there was like a, a just a corner where that was like the dining room fake dining room thing uh-huh. and then there was a tiny kitchenette and that dining room was my room so my privacy oh. was that corner and there was a mattress on the floor i never hated ants until i moved here because i had never been that close to ants it turns out but when you're lying on the floor even on a mattress oh, there's ants and it's, yeah we lived like that for and then she got a writing job in austin texas on austin stories oh yeah yeah and so she was gone for like months at a time and then when she'd come back i'd be gone for like weeks at a time doing stand-up and she got me the shittiest first day job ever i was the secret shopper over at ralph's and bonds <gasps> and you got two dollars and fifty cents per store that you hit oh my god it was not a livable wage, it turns out. I only had that job for two weeks, and then I got a job working in their office, the secret shopper office, uh-huh. where I made like seven, eight bucks an hour, and I was almost livable, especially at 275 a month. And then, so we did that for like a year and a half, and then we moved into a larger studio in that same apartment <laughs> building. Moving it on was, up. <laughs> it was like a giant bunk bed where there were two bathrooms and, oh, they, and they were stacked gosh. on top of each other. They were like the bedrooms were stacked. And oh, giant... yeah. My friend lives in a place like that where it's like really weird layout, but it's like a two-story apartment, but yeah. it's like really narrow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we did that for another, I think, year and a half. And then finally Jennifer said, I'm 30. Uh, I need to live alone. And she gave me the most beautiful OXO uh, kitchen set. And she was like, fuck off. But she didn't (laughs) didn't say fuck off. She was just like, you got, well, you got to find a place. And so Rantowski found me. She was living 
these Lithuanians in Los Angeles owned these two apartment buildings that they had paid off in the 70s. And so this old, old Lithuanian woman, Helen, she was the matriarch, and several of her kids lived in the apartments. One of them was the the manager of the apartment buildings, and this woman, a hoarder. Mm -hmm. And so several of the apartments couldn't be rented because she had stacked (gasps) things in them so deep. And so... She was like, one of her long-time people was moving out. And Karen's like, if you want to live there, it's across the street. It's got the advantage of you're not in the same building as this woman. It's in the other building. And I was like, okay, and I'll take it. So, And it was four fifty a month. How was the place? Amazing. Because they had to, they literally, they had to like dive bomb the damn thing with bugs and all this stuff. Well, yeah, because those hoarders, like they, the bugs... Like they're there and then they go through the walls to everybody else's apartment. Yep. And so it was, it was essentially three, it was, it was a box and then a little box that was a one bedroom. And then there was an, a little tiny bathroom, little tiny dining room, uh, kitchen area. And I lived there for like four years until I lived here. And it was the greatest 450 off street parking. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell That's- you. That's ridiculous. I almost, I almost did a madman and didn't, when, when Andy asked me to move in with him, I was like, maybe I'll just sublet it. <gasps> Not mad, uh, mad about you. Mad about you. Cause remember Seinfeld? Yeah. Is, uh, what's his face, uh, kept in Mad About You, Kramer subletted from Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser, yeah. Yeah. And so almost. I, I almost did that. And when I told Andy that, he was like, what do you want to do? I asked <laughs> you to move in with me. No? You, oh. All right. You want to have your city apartment? I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna keep my apartment, and we're gonna live together. And he was like, well, "That seems like an interesting." We could have subletted it to somebody else, you know, at that same rate. Well, I wanted to because my friend Anna Becker, uh, she ended up moving into that apartment, and they were like, "Well, we're gonna have to raise the rent to something comparable," and then it went up to seven hundred. Jeez, what a jump! It was a huge jump, but it was still worth it. It's kind of when you first move to Los Angeles. It's almost like I like having a nice place, but it's also. I also like not having too nice of a place. Yeah. Because the worst thing you can do, at least in the R neck of the woods of this it's not performing leave house. is just staying inside <laughs> your house. Yeah, like Right. And well, I've seen a lot of great comics who don't leave their house. Well what I did was when you're I not moved... gonna get where you wanna be right, if staying you in your stay. living room yes. on Netflix. <laughs> like the where you wanna be is outside of your domain. You right. have to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. That's right. all this is, is just you're constantly pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And but I have to say that 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 what I liked about having a nice place to come home to was more important to me than having a nice car in Los Angeles. Yep. A lot of people want a nice car. Some people want a nice place to live. And I'm like, I would rather have a nice place to live yeah. because I'm in my shitty car. You and have a nice car gets bu- busted up so quick. So quick it just gets eaten up. Like I got to give this back to the guy. I'm, oh, the, 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 the Benz? The good people at MercedesMotoring.com? Yes. Check them out, Jackie. MercedesMotoring.com. <laughs> Uh, and you know what? If you go to HeyRon.com, you get to see all of the great places that Ron Babcock is going to be doing stand-up at. Like, they're just like different music venues mostly, right? Yeah, Are they're they... like um, weird bars. Uh, I'm doing a couple house shows. I'm doing oh, a, that's cool. I'm doing a house show in Phoenix. I just set one up in Jacksonville, Texas. Like, okay. I'm doing some really – I'm doing Sunbury, Pennsylvania, and Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania. Like, I like I like doing the weird, smaller places. Like, I'm doing Chicago and Atlanta awesome. and New York. Sure. But, like, I like doing those places that no one stops at. Yeah. Because it's like a, it's like really fun for everybody. Are you going to Charlottesville, uh, Tennessee or Charlotte, Tennessee or whatever? Or, uh, oh, Chattanooga? Chat- yeah, that's, that's I'm the a, city I'm, I'm thinking of. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to set up a Tuesday show in Chattanooga. They, they, there's a nice venue in Chattanooga that you, that'll do a one-nighter. I've heard, nice. I've, yeah, I've heard from comics who've gone through. I'm basically just like, uh, piggybacking on a bunch of other comics who've done this. And yeah. I'm like, I just talked to them. I'm like, what would you have done differently? Yeah. And then I'm like, 
I'm doing all trying that to learn from that. Yeah, yeah trying to learn. Because I've that. been LA's great, but you know, it's like you only do sets of seven minutes, ten minutes. It's nice to go out and like. It'll be nice to get out of town for three months and to yeah. do things, and you know, at the end of it, Mercedes will have covered you. Plus all that road pussy, right? Road pussy. Yes. Yeah. Nobody knows more about that than me. I oh, bring yeah. my own. <laughs> In other news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ron Babcock, I think you're great. So, and everyone else should find you in weird little towns all over America, uh, and go to heyron.com to see where those weird little towns are. Thank you so much. Oh yeah. Was that an hour? That was that, an hour. Man, you're right. It does fly by. Nice work. Yeah. Thanks I, for uh, being on. Well, thank you for listening and, uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. All right. Take care out there, Rangers. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?